Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 365 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for EMF and cell phone radiation with Theodora Scarato of Environmental Health Trust. We are super excited to cover this topic as we get questions all the time on how we can protect ourselves and our family, and we really just wanted to get a little bit more of an expert perspective. This is very timely with the recent news that France is banning the iPhone 12 due to excessive levels of radiation and also some of the warnings that are finally circulating and coming out um, that you should not sleep next to a charging phone and some of this information finally hitting the mainstream. Yes, I feel like, Becky, we've been talking about unplugging your router. Uh, We talked about how I have a Wi-Fi kill switch in my new home and the importance of separating ourselves from devices. You know, when we talk children's health, we've talked about both the impact of blue light and EMF especially when our little ones are putting these devices so close to their bodies. So Theodora really unpacks a lot of this on a professional level, on someone that is really in the know with governmental policy or lack thereof, and the updated science behind the influence of this really ubiquitous exposure that we're all going to see uh, only increase as the decades go on. I want to make a little bit of a call out before we go into today's episode that as you're listening to this, things that resonate with me and tools that we've put out there for you guys with the Naturally Nourished Supplement line and some of our programs, probably a really strong consideration would be my Adrenal Rehab program. In this program, uh, I put this out between the Anti-Anxiety Diet and the Anti-Anxiety Diet Cookbook. And the Adrenal Rehab Program really goes into our fight or flight uh, access, that HPA access of the body. We talk a lot about allostatic load or total stress influence and how to help keep the body safe. And I think that a lot of the techniques, we talk about grounding, blue blockers, adaptogenic herbs, et cetera, that a lot of these things would be good, powerful tools also in the concept of mitigating or reducing the influence overall of EMF exposure. So that's a good resource we have out there, and I'll put the link to that program. And then on a medical level in the world of supplement support, We may think of incorporating more frequently our Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs uh, as we discuss on the impact of damage all the way down to our DNA and how the EMF waves really drive oxidative stress. We think of offsetting this oxidative stressor with an abundance of antioxidants. So a high phyto compound based diet, uh, as we do in any of our programs, uh, but incorporating more antioxidant rich foods like turmeric, ginger, uh, acai berry, etc. A lot of these quote unquote superfoods or high polyphenol rich foods would be a great thing to keep in your diet regimen. 
And if you feel like you need a boost with clean eating, maybe our 10 day detox would be a good jump start. And then keeping those detox packs in, if you know that your work environment or your living environment is susceptible to higher concentrated EMF. Yes, totally. I think those are great recommendations of just additional ways we can offset. We'll talk more in the episode about other things you can do for household members. Before we get into today's guest, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Noble Origins. Yes, Noble Origins is a organ complex of a blend of high-quality beef organs from New Zealand-sourced grass-fed beef, including liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, and spleen. They provide you nose-to-tail nutrition in a palatable form that can be easily blended into smoothies, protein shakes, and even in savory dishes. I've used the Noble Organs Complex in a most recent pan sauce that I made, or some would call it like a gravy, (laughs) flour-free gravy, where I use arrowroot to thicken the drippings for my meat and was able to whisk in some Noble Organs as a great way to give that food as medicine boost. As we've talked about the fact of organs really being nature's multivitamin, being such a rich source of vitamins and minerals, this is a great way for you to enhance your whole household's nutrient density by adding in Noble Organs Complex a couple times a week. You can go on over to Noble Organs, excuse me, NobleOrigins.com slash discount slash Allie Miller RD or go on over to www.NobleOrigins.com and use the code Allie Miller RD at checkout. This will incorporate savings on your purchase. All right, I'll go ahead and read Theodora's bio and then we'll bring her on the show. Theodora Scarato, MSW, is Executive Director of Environmental Health Trust, EHT, a scientific think tank that publishes research and educates policymakers on environmental health issues. EHT was the lead petitioner in a major lawsuit against the US FCC, which focused on several issues, including the impact of telecommunications networks to human health and environment. In 2021, the US Court of Appeals issued their judgment, finding the FCC broke the law as they had not shown adequate review of the scientific evidence. The FCC was ordered by the court to address the science they ignored, which included links between cell phone radiation and memory and fertility impacts. The FCC was also ordered to address long-term exposure, children's vulnerability, and wildlife impacts. Scarato has co-authored several publications in the field of environmental health and policy and maintains EHT's renowned EMF International Policy Database. Scarato has lectured at the National Institutes of Health, the University of California, San Francisco, and several international conferences. She has testified to the New Hampshire State 5G Commission, as well as the Maine, New Hampshire, and Maryland. Maryland legislature. She has worked on various issues from technology to breast cancer prevention to lead contaminated water. So welcome Theodora to the Naturally Nourished podcast. We are so excited to have you on here to cover cell phone radiation, EMF dangers, and what we can do about all of this. I know this has been a big ask of our listeners for quite some time. So we were very glad to come across your work and find someone who's an expert. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Let's just jump right in with kind of your story, what led you to this work and how you came to do it. You know, I 
heard a little snippet on the radio about how when children um, use a cell phone to their head that it affects the way the brain works. I don't even remember where it was, but it just piqued my interest. I had two young kids and we were using the cell phone to talk to grandparents because it was free at the time. It, it was cheaper to use the cell phone than to use the home landline phone. So I, I just went down the rabbit hole of reading the research and I was shocked. I couldn't believe what I was reading, but what really struck me was the studies on impacts to brain development. And as a clinical social worker and working with a lot of uh, families where the children had been prenatally exposed to drugs, I really knew that this was something that we, you know, we don't mess with the brain of children developing, de developing brains. So that's what got me involved. And about over a decade now, I shifted everything I've done into now working full-time on this issue with some of the most eminent scientists in the world on the issue of cell phone and wireless and electromagnetic radiation. And I'll tell you, I didn't, um, I had no idea the magnitude of the uh, gaps that, that we have in terms of protections and safeguards for children and families. It's so wild. I mean, I remember always thinking about the radiation emitting from microwave. And I think that that's kind of maybe an interesting foundation to unpack for listeners as you mentioned. Yeah. So EMF is electronic magnetic field, right? And, and you'll call the EMR, I believe, with, with the radiation word instead of field, electronic magnetic radiation. Um, can you just maybe unpack where this is found and like how it's evolved where cell phones really this next level because it's something that we keep on our person and this is what made it more remarkable um what is the source of emf and what does it do in the body so electromagnetic fields um or, or emf there are many different types of non-ionizing electromagnetic fields we're all familiar with ionizing electromagnetic fields or radiation that you would think of like nuclear radiation, atomic bomb or x-rays. Those are all uh, very high uh, frequency EMFs that we protect against and have rules about. Um, however, for the non-ionizing electromagnetic fields, these are things that there's actually a big, it's on a spectrum um, and you can go to Environmental Health Trust and learn more about that. But the type that we'll, we're kind of talking about today is radio frequency. And I know there are a lot of big words. And I, I have to tell you, when I heard about this, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> a holy language. <laughs> and you're going to hear EMF, EMR, RF. I mean, all these words. But really what we're talking about is um, like cell phone radiation, radiation from Wi-Fi, smart things, um, your home cordless base station, your Wi-Fi router, your laptop, your wireless mouse. Now we have a wireless printers and smart watches and even iPods and virtual reality. Yeah. Anything, yeah, anything that sends a signal wirelessly through the air is, you know, that signal is made is energy. And that energy is actually absorbed into 
other things that it hits along the way. So um, when you're talking on your cell phone, the cell phone is actually emitting radio frequency or RF uh, into the air, going to the cell tower to connect with the tower, to send our videos, our content, maybe even this podcast, right? <laughs> that we're that we're making right now. You might be yeah. listening to it and you might be listening wirelessly where, well, some of that information in the air, which is in an, um, it's a wireless signal, goes into our body. And the federal government has, as we'll talk about, completely failed to adequately regulate this exposure. Um, and, and that's, you know, I, me as a mother and as a clinician, and now professionally working on this with many other experts, hundreds of experts are calling for action to reduce exposure to wireless radiation. We can just call it wireless radiation for this talk if you want, um, but sort of covers all the bases because of the hundreds of studies that have shown impacts. Everything from cancer to damaged sperm, to impacts to the endocrine system, to impacts to uh, memory, uh, brain development. There are studies in humans, a lot of experimental studies in animals. Um, and what they are saying, what the scientists are saying is we know enough to know. We know that this is not safe and that there needs to be, you know, proper review of the studies because we're we're in a situation much like uh, big tobacco, um, or if you look at plastics, which is everywhere, right? But yet we have a problem with plastics, so many levels. Uh, it's a similar situation. Sure, it seems like as we have, as this has maybe been brought to light, but not a broad light at that. <laughs> a light <laughs> Looking under the, the, the you know pile, if you will. At the same time, these uh, producers of these products are coming out with what seems to me. I don't know, especially what I've just heard a little buzz on with the iPhone 12. It, is it a sense that as we've gone up in G's of towers, or as we've created a quicker, more rapid download speeds, uh, that the EMF is more intensified with these newer age devices or these different Gs of towers that, that we're thinking, right? 5G is the highest magnitude currently, or can you kind of explain or, or break down the shift of intensity that we're seeing over this last decade? Sure, well, there are a lot of changes that have happened, right? Because way back when phones were coming out, who could believe that children would be using a phone? Right. Right now, right? now we've got uh, children getting their first phones, I think the average is now 10, if not lower. And certainly you just go in the grocery store and there's a baby with a phone in their hand and, and that phone is yeah. up against their abdomen, right? But we don't even we don't even test phones in direct body contact in the US. I know this is hard. This was hard for me to to wrap my mind around, but because we use phones touching the body, right? Pressed to the abdomen, tucked in the bra. My kids who are uh, now in college in the spandex pants of their pants, right? Right up against the abdomen, but yet phones aren't even tested that way. The levels that we have, which are considered the safety levels, even though they're not, but that's what they're sometimes referred to for what we're allowed to be exposed to, those were set in 1996 and they've remained unchanged since then. Mm -hmm. um, 
we have changes in the devices themselves. So of course we have more devices, right? We don't have phones anymore. It's phones, tablets, you know, all those things I listed, um, all kinds of devices. I mean, I myself have like like, 10, I have 10, 10 computer-like products in my house right now. It used to be just a cell phone and just for an adult. Um, We have Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. You go to school, you have Wi-Fi. You have cell towers. You have these new kinds of systems that you talked about, like 5G. And and the new phones, the old phones used to have maybe two or three antennas. Now phones have numerous antennas for all of the different uh, frequencies and types of technologies that are on the phone. So you have your Bluetooth, your location, generally have two Wi-Fi, you might have a hotspot. There's just the 5G antennas uh, for the higher frequencies as well. Um, That's different than the old devices. I'm just sort of rattling off all the ways things are different, right? You have pregnancy, people exposed during pregnancy, resting those devices on the lap or, I mean, on the abdomen, like a shelf. Um, But the new technology, 5G, also be aware that the uh, companies are already on to 6 and 7G. They already have experimental frequencies that they've been given by the FCC to work on and a lot of these technologies are utilizing both the low frequencies we already have a lot of data on, as well as mid-range and much higher frequencies that we have very little data on. As well, there are new kinds of systems. So there's uh, beam forming antennas, there's uh, different antenna systems that can intensify the center of the beam and it I'm not going to go too technical on these, the way the antenna systems are, but they are different. And um, for the the scientists that are raising concerns are additionally saying that we should halt 5G until we can really ensure safety with this new technology. So, I mean, we really are the experiment, right? Yeah. yeah. Done before. Um, can you share? Yeah on what's going on kind of current events with the iPhone 12. I know this has been really buzzworthy over the last few weeks that like France had banned it. Um, What's going on there? What's the concern? So there's this whole world of um, regulatory, uh, you know, regulations. And every country has different regulations and also um, compliance programs. Just for perspective, the U.S. has none, okay? The U.S. is at the actual bottom of the barrel when it comes to looking at phones. Are they are they compliant with the RF limits that the U.S. government even has? We don't do any of that. But France has among the most progressive laws and policies related to cell phone and wireless and cell tower network radiation. And one of the things that they do is they started a agency, the ANFR is what it's called, and they actually pull phones off the shelf, test them in different positions to make sure that the radiation emissions and exposures that are created in people does not violate the French EU limit. So France goes by the European Union limits. And most recently, I guess it was in 2020, 
they changed their law to add a kind of a test. And that test meant that the phone would be tested in body contact for what they call limbs. In this case, they're referring to the legs. You know, if the phone is in your pants pocket mm. against your leg, what would the radiate, what's the radiation and does it meet the limits? It's just like, um, you know, pulling vegetables off the shelf or testing the food companies for the pesticide residue or other chemicals like in apple juice and so forth. Same kind of thing, air, you know, air pollution monitoring to make sure, you know, near industry to make sure they're not putting off uh, pollution that exceeds the limits on air pollution. So France has been testing hundreds of phones over the last few years. And this is actually super big story. If you want to learn more, go to PhoneGate. But in short, the Apple iPhone 12, the test on the phone in the leg, the limbs test, exceeded limits. So that's why France was saying, we're not going to allow this to be sold until you fix it. Now, over 43 phones have been software updated or pulled off the French market already because of this French, this is market surveillance, their market surveillance program. Uh, the U.S. has no such program. In fact, I don't know what other um, country has such a, a program that's in full force. Uh, Canada actually is doing some of this, but it's been completely non-transparent. And pretty soon you'll see some reports on that that we're going to put out. But this has been a huge deal. Now, what happened was Apple responded, I think, at the end of the week or perhaps you know, late Friday, that they were going to do a software update and that there's really nothing wrong and this is just a protocol issue. And it really, it, this is a protocol issue, right? France is testing phone touching the body, whereas no one else does, no one else checks. Right. Uh, so the way we see it, the test is rigged. We have rigged tests in the U.S. the The companies present tests, their own tests. It's like yeah. the honor system, and they get to have a distance between the phone and the body. We that's don't. Thing. That's just like with the food system. We use the RAS <laughs> in the U.S., which stands for generally recognized as safe. And exactly, it's the companies that make the chemical additives it's on their earnest <laughs> to prove yeah. safe for consumption. And and you know, comparing again the EU to the U.S. in these regulatory systems, we know when we look at a you know Nutrigrain bar in the U.S. versus Japan and other areas in, in the EU that there will be five to seven different ingredients that are banned in those countries, but we allow mm -hmm. 40, we allow. And so it's, it's kind of just another one of those um, similar, but, but a different substance, like you said, but another toxin, if you will. Yeah. That's not being regulated. Yeah. It's, it's like the honor system. We operate on the honor system. There's no checking that we do in the U S that's so wild. And I know that even back in 2011, the World Health Organization classified cell phone radiation as a class 2B carcinogen, that there is a lot of substantial literature out there on the impact of, of EMF. And I want to just make sure we didn't glaze over that for listeners. So um, how we've described it to, to listeners is that, you know, it creates an oxidative stress um, or it stresses the cell. Um, and can drive DNA damage, T 
tissue damage, interfere with hormone. Uh, any other thing we want to touch on about the actual physiological impact, if you will, of, of EMF on the body? I just want to make sure we cover that so people have a good grasp there. Yeah, well, you hit on some of the, the key issues and plus there's uh, reproductive impacts, impacts to sperm. There's been studies showing impacts to the ovaries, uh, okay. decreased testosterone. Um, I think the the impacts to thyroid and the endocrine system are really important um, and really have these non-cancer impacts have actually been often ignored in the conversation. So on the one hand, we have... Um, and our scientists would say that this radiation is a cause of cancer, that the scientific evidence is adequate to make that conclusion based sure. on studies in people as well as in animals, like the National Toxicology Program study that found clear evidence of cancer in the male rats as well as DNA damage. And then you have all these non-cancer issues that you talked about an oxidative stress, which is a contributor to cancer and all kinds of other health issues, right? Uh, so um, the other key thing that I would add is that children absorb proportionately higher doses of cell phone radiation into their um, critical brain regions, into their eyes, because they have smaller heads, thinner skulls, and a higher water content. In addition, uh, research has shown that children's developing brains are more susceptible because they're, of course, still in development and children have more active stem cells and stem cells have been found to be more sensitive to RF exposure. So um, there's a lot to unpack in the scientific evidence uh, it, world. There was um, you know, one study that was recently, well, more recently done was a study on children using cell phones. And they looked at teenagers who you'd sell, use cell phones for one year and found damage into the brain, into the memory, I'm sorry, damage to on, on tests of memory related to the area of the brain that would receive the most radiation from the way they use the phones. And the thing about this study to know is that really it, they this was a replication study of a study done previously. And they actually did um, research looking at, depending on how, like how the, the teenager held the phone up to their head, specifically those regions that would receive the most radiation. And it was the tests that were uh, directly related to that region that where there was the, the most impact. So, oh, and a whole other bucket uh, which tallies with everything I'm sure your listeners are interested in is that there's been some research that shows, shows synergistic effects. So when you combine um, non-ionizing electromagnetic fields or radio frequency with another known carcinogen, a known harmful agent, that then you have a potentiation or an increase in the effect from that um, that agent. And that is really important because right? We're exposed to all these things every day. And it is all of these exposures together that impact our bodies. And so yet, wild. So yeah. yeah, we're both mothers as well. Our children are collectively, uh, I have a one and a three-year-old and then Allie has oh. 
seven year old. So a little bit pre like, you know, they're having their own phones and whatnot, but well, like my daughter is like, the only child in her class without a tablet. She's the only child in her class without a tablet. She asks to play Roblox because it's apparently, I don't know what it is, but it's a game that kids play apparently. Like, you can play outside. And <laughs> yeah, we're very staunch at this stage still. And uh, it breaks my heart, especially as you said, those tablets on the abdomen, because I just think about the reproductive organs mm -hmm. right there. I think mm -hmm. that we're at this stage where we're going to only see a greater influx of reproductive health concerns. I mean, both in sperm morphology, you know, I mean, I mean, all, all of it. Um, but it's interesting. We go back and we buy, I just bought Noah, the, the three-year-old, the leapfrog, like, you know, the, the old tablets that are battery. <laughs> so I'm assuming if there's no Wi-Fi element that that's an EMF free, right. Um, you know, based device, they're not, um, you know, using any form of internet or whatnot. And so it's like, we can go back to these very simple tools. Um, we try to plug in, uh, direct to our router and our computers <laughs> instead of using the Wi-Fi, uh, what are some, let's talk about that, I guess. What are ways that we can try to limit and still live in this tech savvy world, um, but try to limit our exposure or what's kind of some best practices that we can do? Yeah, great. And there are so many ways that we can use devices um, more safely and without this kind of exposure. I mean, right now I'm talking to you for this interview on a computer, like you said, that is plugged in with an ethernet mm -hmm. is faster, safer, more secure. I don't have drops. I get my zoom calls work every time during the COVID pandemic. We had, my goodness, we, at one point, I think I had six people on devices streaming video all at the same time with not a single problem because we were all connected this way. My girls had their friends over one day. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, we were all here. <laughs> That would be like hardwiring in, right? Working into the Ethernet versus a Wi-Fi router. Correct. So we have a router and a modem, but we we don't have Wi-Fi on it. It's uh, it's like it's split, and so everything's run through the cords, um, and it's really fast. And gamers know that, right? Gamers use yeah. cords because it's faster, mm -hmm. and so that's like a key thing: is whatever you can hardwire. Like iPads too, they can be hardwired if you get an adapter. For okay. my laptop, I have an adapter. Um, I guess another key thing, and, and I have two, I have an 18 and a 21-year-old, and ne neither of them got phones till they were 18 each. So I know that sounds, people might be like, wait, you're depriving them or, but you know what? It, well, I didn't, I could never come up with like what, what would it be good for? Now, neither yeah. of them ended up driving. So I see the point of having a phone for emergencies when you drive, but they weren't driving. So I, I couldn't, no one, I was like, look, if you could show me something that shows they're going to be safer, I'm all for it. But if there's something bad that's happening to my child, the last thing I want you to do is actually call me. I want you to know what to do in that situation and get out of it and protect yourself and get help, not call mom who is, 20 minutes away. Fair, yeah. So, um, how about any of those like things? Like, we're right now, we both have safe sleeves, uh, you know, not specific to that brand, but on our phones and 
you know, there's so many companies out there now talking about different blocks. Um, we have like Hara pads uh, that, you know, if the laptop has to be out, should be through this type of device. What, what are the best like non-conducting materials that you know of out there? Mm. And are there any that actually mitigate? Is it all lip service and <laughs> we're wasting our money? <laughs> and what's all that look like as far as like cases and uh, ways to mitigate? Yeah, this is this gets into tricky situation. I I might I mean with with devices and cases and things like that, there've been a lot of conflicting reports and what we are calling for, I guess I'm hopping to policy and then I want to go right back to what people can do to protect themselves. But um we there needs to be a standardized way that products are evaluated so that we can know that they actually do what they say they might do. Mm-hmm. So, if you get a case and I've had people contact me Theodora, can I get a case for my kid? I need to get them a cell phone. But the thing about the cases is sometimes it, it she, whatever part is shielding can then reflect back on the other side or the child can hold the phone in the wrong way and actually receive an intense exposure from that device because with some of these cases, not all, you know, you have to hold it a certain way. And I, I really recommend that people follow the basics on reducing cell phones, which is keep it away from your body, turn it on airplane mode most of the time, turn off the antennas that you're not using when you're not using them. So for example, if you go into settings, you'll see there's um, the cellular, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, but let's say you're only using um, the Wi-Fi for some reason, not that I'm recommending to use Wi-Fi. I'm simply saying, let's say you're using that turn off that cellular or turn off the Bluetooth or turn off what you're not using when you're not using it. Um, You can actually take it like in our home, we have ethernet cord set up and I can take my cell phone and connect it to the ethernet with a adapter. So I can, you know, check my email. I can, not that I do, but you, you can use Instagram on the phone. You can do all these things. So when my kids come to visit from college, they connect the phone on the ethernet. Um, so those, there's just a lot of ways to reduce exposure to the phone. Don't sleep with your phone. Mm-hmm. Don't carry the phone on your body. Uh, transmitting. We do not recommend Bluetooth air, air wireless air ear pieces because mm-hmm. those are emitting um you're getting the phone is emitting both to the devices and the device is emitting to the phone. And then the phone is emitting to the tower and which is going into your body. So um, protect your, one of the, I should say the first thing that we recommend for people and this worked from, this was like the first thing I did is when you're going to sleep at night, create a sleep sanctuary, turn yes. everything off, mm-hmm. remove screens from the bedroom Make sure you're not sleeping with a phone. Get all those wireless device. Oh my gosh, the video gaming consoles, just all those things that are in the bedroom. You just get them out of the bedroom and turn them off at night. That's like an easy first step. Turn it off when not at use, especially at night. Uh, I would even send it like baby monitors and things like that. When I was, you know, researching having my kids, I'm like, oh, they're all like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Oh my goodness. Now. Yeah. Um, so also looking at your kids' rooms, even alarm clocks and things like that, like they all have smart technology now. So there's, there's beyond just the phone itself, right? 
I know, I know. It didn't used to be that way, right? right. When my kids were little, we didn't, there weren't all these things. Now there's things that monitor the baby and write everything, your speakers, smart speakers. Yes, even appliances. We just built a house. And so we actually got a Wi-Fi kill switch put in our house because we used to manually mm-hmm. unplug our router every night. Does that do something? Is that worth it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, the, the, I, I mean, think but- that, it's really important. Okay. Okay. So we would go through the process of unplugging it, you know, every night. And so finally I just got a light switch in this new build, you know, where we have a kill switch. And so every time we got an appliance, we'd have to say, Oh, but it can't be smart because we have a Wi-Fi kill switch. And when we flip that off, we can't have our dishwasher stopping. We can't have our, you know, laundry stopping. We can't. And it's, it's insane. You know how right now most appliances want, it was very difficult. I will say to find appliances that were not Wi-Fi oriented or did not require Wi-Fi to function. That's right. So you got to do your homework. It's just like with food or with um, beauty products, right? It's like back to researching and like, does it have Wi-Fi? Is it smart? Does it have Bluetooth? And we, the same here, we got, we actually moved a few years ago and um, I did so much work just to not get the wireless antenna, antennas on all these appliances. Yeah. It's pretty outrageous, really. Um, Oh, cordless phones. If you have a home cordless phone, know that it is like a mini base station or a little mini cell tower. And oh. it's better to use a corded phone with a the curly cord. Okay. Home. A lot of people don't have them anymore, but some people do. Um, I certainly have a home corded phone, which is like, if you can, it is like our number one recommendation is to hook up a phone, maybe through voice over IP or through... Um, you know, you can get it through your cable service and this way you can take calls in your home. You can forward your cell phone to your homeland line, you know, when you walk in the door and that way you don't have to be, you don't have to have your cell phone always on. I get all my texts. I, and I text all the time. I do like all the things everyone does, but I do it through my computer, not through my phone, for example. I love that call recording. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot. It's kind of a big bucket, but I'll tell you, each step makes a difference. And we have a website called healthytechhome.org on simple steps to reduce radiation that has sections on, it's really made for people that, want to know how to reduce exposure step-by-step. We have a whole section called how-tos with questions and answers. We have lists of all the studies if you want to see the studies. And, um, you know, we go through like how to get your ethernet set up, how to hook up your cell phone to uh, ethernet cord, um, all those things, how to turn the Wi-Fi off of your smart TV, <laughs> you know? Um, and we really want the next step is calling on companies like, hey, we want we want options here. I don't want to be the FBI to buy tech for my home. I have to go online and search and search and just find a safe this and safe that. Like, like let's have some safer options that we can purchase. Like, so I don't have to like 
and all of us don't have to spend so much time trying to just have a safe home, you know, without this exposure, because I'm not against, we're not against technology. We're just for safe technology. I think that's a great way of putting it. And, and like you said, having the organizations vetted where <laughs> we're not being duped by fabricated studies or mm -hmm. testimonials or, you know, the new kid on the block, there's now all these like caps that they're showing. <laughs> uh, I have not looked into many of them, but you know, they're like, they're like these caps that they say are EMF blockers and they're showing mm -hmm. these brainwave images, you know, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Theodora, you mentioned about the like synergistic effect of EMF maybe impacted with other toxins. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm assuming, I thought immediately like, you know, living in city living where you have more pollution in the air mm -hmm. and then you have higher concentrated EMF. Um, and the other end of the spectrum, what are some things like we've talked about in our podcast, you know, nature and medicine or forest bathing, uh, you know, grounding, et cetera. I'm, I'm curious if you feel that there's validity of things that you can do to offset or to reset your electromagnetic fields as something as like an abundance, something you can layer in as a health practice to help to rewire or, you know, mellow out or get your body back into a natural rhythm. Right. Well, um, you know, grounding or walking with your feet on the earth um, can be a way to do that. However, if you live in an urban area or an area where the earth itself has a lot of fields, that can be an issue. And that's um, why we actually recommend professional measurements around your home, depending on what kind of actions you're going to do. That said, being in the forest, being with nature, being with trees, all of that, I think is so healing. Being outside, getting natural light, especially in the morning and the evening, um, uh, is just helps with your, your natural rhythms. Um, so I think all of that is important. Eating healthy. I mean, everything we do, right. If you look at body burden, if you eat healthier and, you know, you know, broccoli and greens and so forth. And um, that can help when you're in a high toxic situation, right? Yeah. So all of that is so important and getting sleep, getting full, like blacking out the light. I meant to say that like with a sleep, like getting the sleep, turning things off at night and having it be black in the room or wearing eye patch or some way to, so that you don't have that light, which can be overstimulating too, is really important. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'd say. That's that double-edged <laughs> sword of these devices is you're getting that blue light, the dopamine, all, all of that right. impact in addition to the EMF. You know, so there's both the light impact on eye to brain connection and that influence on behavior, brain development for kids, addictive tendencies. And then that's not even having to that's do right. it. <laughs> that's its own, you know, element, but both in one device as a double hit, double whammy. That's right. The blue light is another layer of an issue which needs to be addressed. And um, you think about in schools with all of those tablets, they absolutely should have protective blue light, um, you know, blockers on those devices. And again, going back to what, how our, the federal government really needs to step up. 
we should have, we need to know what products work, what don't. There's been testing that I know Consumer Reports did on this and found, you know, on the glasses, like there's a variety of products on the market. So many, we can't count. And they're at varying degrees of working or not to even block the blue light. And um, sometimes, I mean, I know Consumer Reports when they did their report, which was many years ago at this point, it's pretty old, but they found that the cheaper the cheaper device, the cheaper glasses actually block more blue light than the other ones. I mean, so, you know, this is like anyone, probably people listening, if you, or if you were like me, it's like, Hey, I just want to know what to do. I want to do the right thing. How do I do it? And then you run into this, like, you know, it shouldn't be this hard. Like the government's been completely unaccountable. Just, completely unaccountable. And the story, the short story is that the Environmental Protection Agency was working on this issue and then it was defunded in 1996. Yeah. When when the Telecom Act was being lobbied in the years preceding and and they stopped the development of safety limits and there's been no funded activities by the EPA. The FDA is rejecting the study that it asked for the national toxicology program NIH study. And uh, here we are with just a lack of anyone looking at all the totality of the science. There's no agency doing that in the U S. So I I, I think there's a, yeah, join, Oh, sign up for our newsletter at ehtrust.org or at the healthy tech site, please get involved. There's so much to, to do and to raise awareness on. And I really believe that we're going to see some real changes in the upcoming years. Yeah. And I want to get to like a little more specific policy stuff before we close things up. But I wanted to ask, um, just going back to, you had said something about um, being able to like test your home in the area around Mm -hmm. your house buying a new home or considering, you know, purchasing property to build, is there testing you can do then just on what the exposures are, you know, inherent to that area before um, you build a home or testing you can do on a, a home that you're purchasing? Mm-hmm. So in the, so if you lived in France or a lot of other countries, you could go to a map, you could type in the address, and you could see what the levels were nearby or what the recent test showed. However, in the United States, we don't have any of that. But you can get professional measurements um, with their building biologists that are trained on this issue that can come and do measuring just like you'd have a house inspector. You can also get, uh, there are meters for radio frequency radiation. There are meters for uh, lower frequencies as well, which are important to test for as well. So um, there's something you can buy and I have a bunch of these meters actually, and I'm measuring all the time. So uh, you can go to our YouTube at the EH Trust, Environmental Health Trust YouTube, and you can see some measurements that we've done of various areas too. Cool, we'll be nerding out there for sure. (laughs) My husband like loves all of the, you know, the latest tech and he wants the garden beds to be wired on Bluetooth and everything. And I'm like, no, we have to stop. <laughs> you can't keep adding to this. And then when I turn everything off, it's like the next morning, nothing, nothing works. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, um, what about um, just on real quick, like a, a policy level? I know you mentioned lobbying like the actual companies for as a consumer for safer products. Um, let's talk about what we need to see on either a policy or, or governmental level. So U.S. is at zero. Uh, so it sounds like there's room for improvement there. Yeah, well, so and actually right now, the federal government has uh, members of Congress have brought forward um, new laws, a blizzard of laws that would basically strip the local communities like cities and towns from actually deciding where cell towers and cell antennas would go. So um, we're sort of in a quite a situation right now at the federal level, because we don't we need I'll tell you what we need. We need safety standards for the radio frequency from phones, from Wi-Fi tablets, from cell towers, from Bluetooth, from all these smart things that are science-based, that address biological impacts, long-term exposure, and children's vulnerabilities. Now, right now, the limits that we have that were set two decades ago that actually have remained unchanged since then uh, are only for short-term exposures. They are for short-term heating. They only address if the levels overheat. They are based on studies, and this really was a shocker to me. They are based on small these small animal studies, like under 20 animals that were heated for under an hour. And that's what our limit is based on right now. They're not for protecting against effects of long-term exposure because at the time they said, well, well, the, the industry groups that developed these limits said, well, we haven't established that there are long-term effects. So they didn't protect against them because they didn't exist at the time. Um, we need the federal agencies to review the latest research, the totality of the latest research regularly. And every year, like, you know, do an update. Here's the studies we looked at. Here's what we found. Here's what we think. Here's how we know our limits are still protective at this time. We need labeling on cell phone and wireless devices so people know how to reduce exposure. They also know, you know, what the distance is that it's tested at because devices are literally tested at a distance, not against the body. Um, we need a nationwide EMF monitoring like they actually do in France too. And what I mean by that is um, basically, using super industrial, like, you know, very expensive meters where they measure um, what's the level in the environment, you know, like they take like 10 readings in an area, you know, so in Greece, even Greece, oh, many countries have this already. They have 500 sensors across the country measuring the radiation levels in that fixed position 24 hours a day. We don't have that. I don't know why so many other countries have the sensor, uh, you know, monitoring programs like that. We should also be monitoring schools and daycares and areas where, you know, uh, hospitals and so forth. So some of these countries have those sensors right on the school to make sure that the kids, this is like a special area. So they have special uh, protections and enforcement plans for, for those areas. Um, we should also be testing phones. We should be doing what France does, pulling phones off the market, testing them. Do they work? Do they not? Do they meet the limits? 
they violate limits. We should have uh, payments that have to happen. Like in France, you have to pay if you violate the limits. Um, and we also should have a reporting system for health impacts, kind of like you do for drugs, right? So if someone's getting headaches, I mean, there are many studies showing headaches and migraines related to uh, cell phone use. So there should be a place where people can report these yes. symptoms and we don't have any reporting or surveillance, post-market surveillance or reporting system. Those are just a few of the changes we need to make. And one other thing I'll say is that other countries have uh, levels, allowable levels from cell towers that are 10 to 100 times more strict than the U.S. Wow, that's shocking. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be for all that we know here, but yes, it's so interesting, so wild. Wow. Uh, can we, as we wrap up, this has been so helpful, Theodora. Thank you for all of your work and advocacy because we need people like you that are putting time and energy and effort into this really important cause that will ultimately impact our youth and everyone. Um, so thank you so much for, for everything you're doing. Um, I, I wanted you to tell listeners about Disconnect. I don't think that we touched on that. We did talk about ehtrust.org and we'll link your YouTube channel as well. And then the healthytechhome.org. Um, tell us about Disconnect. And then I just have two rapid fire questions that should be less than a 30 second answer. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Deborah Davis, who's our president and founder of Environmental Health Trust, wrote Disconnect over a decade ago. And it really chronicles the scientific evidence and how it's been covered up for years. And in addition, we are about to come out with an updated disconnect, which has an entire section on what you can do to protect yourself. So everything we talked about in terms of reducing exposure. And so it kind of like a handbook, the second wow. part is the handbook. And I'm, I'm writing that section actually. And it also has policies that have happened over the last decade. Um, like I was telling you about also, you know, there are Wi-Fi's banned in nursery school, childcare, and kindergartens in France, Israel, Belgium, French Polynesia, and Cyprus, for example. And many other countries label their phones, uh, which we recommend here in the U.S., but France, Israel, India, Belgium, Russia, Korea are already doing it, but not us. And uh, the other thing I'd add is that the Santa Clara Medical Association has best practices in schools that they issued this year on educating students and staff, educating school nurses on blue light, um, reducing blue light, cell-free phone policies, and reducing the RF in classes. So a lot is going on and it's in the book. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to read it and get our hands on it and share it with our listeners. Uh, finally, I'm just curious, you mentioned on like toggling on your phone, turning off Bluetooth or maybe Wi-Fi or maybe cell, depending on what element you're using. Um, does airplane mode, you mentioned that that maybe is a decent approach. Does airplane mode do that on just Bluetooth and Wi-Fi? How does airplane mode work? And then when, we, when we're in our cars, I know that this is a big thing that people mm -hmm. have heard about or read about that like cars may emit maybe the most EMF when we're using, is it worse to do Bluetooth and we're better using our cord from our cell phone to play music in our car or what's best there? 
Mm. Oh, those are two good questions. So, <laughs> wait, let me go back to the first one. And I forgot what it was. Airplane, airplane mode. Just kind of airplane, airplane mode. mode. Okay. Airplane mode is really important because first of all, it turns, well, it used to turn all the antennas off. Now it turns almost all of them off. So if you're not using your phone for anything, you don't need a call that's urgent. Turn your phone on airplane mode and check that the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi are off. You do need to double check that. You can still take pictures, take videos. Um, you can even type things up and take notes and do a lot of things, but without the antennas transmitting. Okay. However, let's say you're, you know, just using one thing, you can turn the other antennas off um, as like the next step. You can still use your phone as an alarm clock when it's on airplane mode, as an example. So you okay. can turn the phone off at night. That That's what I would tell you about airplane mode. People who phones on airplane mode. Okay, good. Okay, how about the, the car? car okay, the car is a the car is like <laughs> now we've got smart cars, which all kinds it used to be just we used to say, don't use the phone in the car. Why? Because when you're in the car, the phone goes to the highest power. One, there's metal that makes the signal less. So the phone is putting out more power in order to reach the exterior cell tower. Also, when your phone is traveling from one cell tower cell to another, the area area of service, it goes to the highest power at different times to connect to the next tower it's connecting to. It does a, a handshake. Uh, they do these um, digital handshakes with the towers. So we recommend turning phones off in the car. Now, now cars have all of this tech, right? So what do you do? Well, all car models are different. We're looking for a new car and slightly more than slightly challenged, but, but try to find out if you can turn some of the tech off in your car. For example, some have Wi-Fi. We'll turn that off. If you have the Bluetooth, can it turn off? We do recommend for listening to music, for example, having your phone have pre-downloaded uh, playlists. Mm -hmm. And yes, using that cord in order to connect to the speaker rather than streaming into the phone or having, you know, having that streaming because that is then radiation that is creating exposure. And in a car, the radiation can be reflected or change and it it's in ways that are really untested for people. And, you know, they've done studies where you can have four people in a car and one person is using a phone and the bystanders get some of that exposure too, because wow. of, so yeah. And don't, whatever you do, don't put the phone resting on your, in your bra or on your lap while you're in the car and it's transmitting because that's a worst case scenario. So if you do need to use the car, roll down the window, that gives it a better signal, put the phone far away from you and, um, to decrease the level. However, we do recommend that it just be off. Yeah. Unless it's urgent. So much to think about, even though like secondhand right. of right. the phones. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I think you've given listeners a lot to think about and kind of do some research and investigation. Um, I love how easy the charts on healthy tech home, um, make everything. I was kind of looking over those last night. So we'll for sure link that and ehtrust.org as resources. 
thank you so much for your time and your commitment to, to this issue and all of this valuable information. Thank you so much. And be sure to go to the fact sheets section of Healthy Tech Home, our Healthy Tech Home project, because there you can download like super easy, like cheat sheets on things. Um, and I really want to say many hands make light work. So if you're learning about this issue, please spread the word. And every step you take makes a difference in reducing exposure. So it's not as overwhelming as it seems especially if you turn it off at night as your first start. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well. Thank you.